guys, welcome again. <laughs> We're just re-recording this because we lost the first <laughs> the first time that we did it. Happily, it was two minutes uh, in and not 30 minutes in. So today we have Gihan here, we have Mo, and we have Arthur, uh, CEO, Ethereum developer, and CTO of Precog Finance, respectively. So welcome again. Sorry about the interruption. And Gihan, would you like to give me <laughs> another explanation of what Precog is and to our audience for the first time? Yeah, excellent. Carlos, again, thanks for having us here today. Um, again, we're super excited to present uh, what we've been working on, which is Precog Finance. So it's a futures ecosystem and it's an automated basis trade or aggregator. Uh, what that means is we've got two products, which is Sentient, which is an automated, um, automated yield aggregator um, that, that, tra- that we have a, a proprietary algorithm that trades on behalf of the, the liquidity pool. And we also have Cerebral, which is a fully decentralized derivatives exchange where people can come and buy and sell derivative products and future contracts. Uh, in a nutshell, that's what, what we have. Cool. And yeah, just as a, as the next point that we were going to go to is uh, Mo mentioned behind the scenes that the most interesting thing about most interesting thing about Precog was that it started from an R&D process um, as opposed to how the blockchain protocols tend to start or these kind of products tend to start. So Mo, would you like to just highlight what the importance of this difference and how it is that Precog was conceptualized? Basically, most of, of the DeFi projects okay. started, uh, starts with um, the classic way of building any product, of building any software. Uh, unlike uh, Precog, where it started with uh, R&D, pure R&D, with the, one of the best talents in the world in machine learning, in financial engineering, and uh, trading, and DeFi. So they started doing this R&D of using machine learning, AI algorithms, uh, to come up with a very sophisticated uh, algorithm that use that use use the volatility of of uh, crypto assets in uh, and get like the maximum profit out of it and in the end uh this team was persistent till they get the best results across all defi projects across all yield aggregators uh we probably have like the highest yield ever till now uh uh, across all any other uh, DeFi project in the same space. And the thing about Precog, um, we don't have like direct competitors. And they always try, when we meet with um, investors, we meet with uh, like marketing or sales teams, they always try to find competitors to classify Precog across the, the, the landscape of DeFi. But we are not a bot. We are not um, a, a, a regular yield aggregator. And we are not also like the, the classic Wall Street uh, investment portfolio, um, like softwares or pools. We are different. Uh, basically, we are... Um, an AI-backed trading algorithm that ex- that can be exposed to the DeFi space as a DeFi trading protocol 
that enable anyone in the world with a wallet to access one of the top sophisticated financial products that uh, utilize AI to maximize the returns, the yield, uh, in short period of time. And I think Artur can explain more about uh, like how we how they started using the AI in, in, in the trading, in the volatility trading. Please do, Artur. Okay, uh, thanks. Thanks, Mohammed. Um, so basically, what we do uh, on the part of the machine learning is to actually every trading week, so seven days, uh, we do backtesting and try to spot some uh, opportunities that we either miss or uh, because it was at the time with the algorithm choose not to trade. Uh, and it was like there were uh, false positives for, for, for the algorithm. And uh, to actually uh, validate those as possible trade trading grounds. And this, as time goes by, will actually start improving the algorithm and the algorithm will actually uh, start getting more clever in the ways that uh, itself will manage the, 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 their own trades and can actually identify better uh, trading opportunities, and but at the same time more. So the more trading opportunities there is, the best uh, 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 accuracy the algorithm will have because you, as, as uh, any either human or, or algorithm, uh, you won't go to all the trading opportunities, right? You will go just for those that you identify as the best, right? And if you, if you can identify, instead of 10, you can identify 20, and you take from those 20, you take the five best, it's much better than just choosing five from the 10 identified. And as this improves over the weeks, that the the accuracy of the algorithm will be much higher. So, for example, the, I'm just putting in some limit limits terms. If we have an accuracy of, for example, eighty five percent, and you can improve that to ninety eight percent with this true machine learning, right? It makes sense. Although the improvement itself in the accuracy is not that big, but it can land much bigger trading opportunities. So, it's in terms of accuracy, it improves by 15% or 13%, but in terms of uh, uh, earnings, can actually be the double because it's spotted better trading opportunities or in ways that at the time the algorithm couldn't understand that it, it was a tradable opportunity. So this is, this is how you improve an algorithm that is, has a fixed strategy, right? But uh, learns from the opportunities uh, uh, around uh, along along the, the the its journey, uh, at least until until the next deployment, and uh, with this we can actually improve the earnings, right? Because that's that's the goal, but also create more stability and predictability on the algorithm. Because the more uh, the 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 trading time goes, and the be the better is to for for the algorithm to be predictable. And then we can again to the the end client, we can better predict what will be the 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 yield that we can offer. Okay, and, and I think um, of course you're touching a bunch of interesting points in there. Uh, one thing that stood out to me is the fact that well, 
this is meant to be for everyone, right? Like both sophisticated and not so sophisticated investors. Um, and that's basically the ethos of DeFi that everyone can plug in their Web3 wallet and then deploy their assets onto the markets. Um, you mentioned also quite interestingly that when you meet with people, you're not quite able to locate a competitor. So if this is a product that's kind of like widely available in the traditional markets, um, why don't you think more people aren't extrapolating uh, this kind of algorithmic trading to to DeFi? And I'm going to point out to Gihan here because he's a person that hasn't spoken lately, but like if you want to point back to any any one else feel free to yeah no it's actually a great question and you know what we have done is that um you know we've built i guess especially the the liquidity pool protocol of sentient um that model is i guess modeled off the success of what you and finance have done except what's underneath the hood uh we've built out something that's actually quite um, a lot more exciting, a lot more opportunity, um, and, and it's actually the, the precusp of what's going to grow into something that's going to um, be probably one of the biggest things in DeFi, which is decentralized derivatives. Um, and, the, and I guess, and it's a good point that you, you touched on the traditional finance side of that is because, um, you know, I guess along the way, when we've been trying to explain what we're trying to do to, um, you know, a plethora of people from, from DeFi, from, you know, crypto, um, you know, as soon as we say the word derivatives, it just goes over people's heads. Um, you know, people in even in traditional finance who say that, you know, they're, they're, they're quite deep in traditional finance, don't really understand what derivatives are. Um, and in traditional finance, it's, you know, I guess the market cap of, of, of derivatives is one quadrillion dollars a year market cap. So that's to go to show you. I mean, that's a, something you say to that, those kind of numbers, people think you're making them up, you know. Um, and, and it's definitely not. So, um, you know, and they're, they're saying we're at the start of, of what decentralized derivatives are um, and where this can grow is they're saying it's going to be a lot even potentially bigger than traditional finance because there's, I guess, an unlimited number of underlying assets that you can create future contracts on. Um, you know, so when essentially what we have done is actually plucked what Wall Street's been doing for, um, you know, the last 30, 40 years in um, – with these um, derivative products and, and, and these algorithms and we're plugging that out and putting that into DeFi for everybody to be able to access and extract value from. Um, and, our, and our algorithm does all the work for you. So, you know, whether you're a sophisticated investor or you, you know DeFi and, you know, even, even the concept of arbitrage for, for some they may know, um, but then not actually know how to extract that out of derivative um, products. You don't have to, so we can, uh, you know, give that back to people who know crypto, or even we built this for someone, you know, seventy-year-old mother who can still plug their wallet in and still um, reap the rewards for this as well. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, in, in response to this, um, I would assume, okay, this is me not being an expert in game theory or in derivatives or in general on the on the kind of thing that precog is trying to do but like i i would assume that in a world and also <laughs> another disclaimer maybe it's a dumb question but like in a world where people are able to deploy their assets in a perfect system uh, 
that earns yield automatically from them, then basically has an incent. Everyone has an incentive to do so, and by by default, then no one manages to earn anything from that. Um, of course, this is a scenario in which <laughs> Precog won everything, and like humanities <laughs> submitted to Precog completely. But I, I don't know. How do you think about this issue, or, or how do you think about how competition could start sparking in the DeFi space if there is really not right now? Did you catch um, it, Mo? I catch it about. Uh, you mean. Um... You mean another competitors will start doing what we do? Like, yeah, but the thing here is okay. you need time, you need time, resources to, uh, to come up with the best algorithm that is backed by AI and machine learning and a lot of testing. So uh, we spend time in this field doing R&D uh, a lot of time, a lot of resources, and a lot of optimization. So any competitor will need a lot of time to reach this point that can come and try to copycat the project. Uh, they're going to need a lot of time to reach um, the uh, algorithm, the AI, the machine learning that we reached till now. And in the process, and that's the best thing about Precox, uh, about Sentient, that we have uh, a team for Sentient that works every day in optimizing the algorithms uh, till we maximize the profit with time, more and more and more. We aim to reach 25%, per, for example, per, per month. We really, we really hope to reach it anytime soon. Uh, so uh, we're going to be ahead of them when they reach the first point, we reach when we when we initiate the project officially uh, as a, as a blockchain project. So uh, we work on this. Like as I told you, we have a, a team just special. It's just working for Sentient, dedicated for Sentient. So uh, we're gonna be ahead of the market when the competitors start. Uh, like the project from scratch. And this is like the secret uh, recipe of, of Sentient that will not be open source. We will not share it. Uh, it's going to be closed, um, secure, even insured in the future. Uh, so, yeah, this is how... Uh, like, right now, the competition is... Uh, or what the people say as, as a competitor, like trading bots, which needs uh, technical analysis skills. It needs uh, some configuration. And a lot of time when we use bots, uh, the end result is like, it's better to, to uh, for example, hold Ethereum and wait the price to go up. And you're gonna make more profit in the same time window when you use bots. And I tried this, I tried a lot of, Bots platforms, even with the right now, you, you're going to have a lot of bots in the exchanges, but it needs configuration. The difference with Sentient that we remove the complexities of configuration, technical analysis. We remove all uh, the need of technical skills, and we have 
we, we work on the less risk strategies, which we will not lose. Uh, we will not cause any losses on the deposits from, from the DeFi investors. And the other uh, like projects that they sometimes um, point as, as competitors that they that they use the deposits to for basis trading and they will give you stable coin with uh, with static APY per year like six percent or seven percent which we make in ten days. Uh, okay. The difference here that sentient is will be like uh, super transparent, where we sh we will show the trading results for the in, in the blockchain, uh, and we eventually gonna have a DAO to vote on the strategies in the future. This is something we are working on. We are still forming. Um, so uh, yeah, so we are different right now. We don't have competitors. And we didn't see any any like um, regarding, for example, Wall Street products. They are war, they are all work on the stock and and uh, forex uh, trading, but not in the crypto. It's different. The story here is different. The dynamics are different, and even the volatility and everything else is different than the uh, meta trading uh, world that they are using for for. Uh, for like uh, doing the same thing arbitrage and basis training and other stuff okay and th this is a follow-up and which i'm going to direct to arthur here but um of, as always anyone feel free to pick it up if you want i, I understand this um that, that there's important in this world and in the current <laughs> financial ecosystem that we're living to have some things be open and some things be closed. Like the most romantic uh, way to look at crypto is to think that everything should be for everyone and, and be for free. But we know that the world just sometimes doesn't operate like that. And I do see some value to having some things closed, uh, whereas some people might just think that's a red flag overall um would you like to clarify upon that point which bits of um of pre-cog are, are going to be completely open which uh which are not going to be that transparent and why are we drawing this distinction because i think it's important and i mean even the ceo of uniswap has said it right like you have at some point to be able to retain your competitive advantages to be able to to continue producing high quality work yeah uh so again, this is uh, under internal discussions, but uh, my main take here is that if uh, is bleeding edge technology, it's not open by default. It's not not that any anything against uh, uh, the 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 feeling of the community, right? But first, we are less prone to attacks. In the beginning and as any startup uh, the beginning is very crucial very very uh imminent um and second is something that uh, for any type of investment it, make, it makes sense for us to own the technology and not just publish and as we progress further the transparency will come that we are transparent with the strategies that we use it's not like some secret sauce for the strategies our secret sauce is how we implement it, how we supervise 
uh, the the trading uh, the, the algorithmic platform, how we improve those, right? And this this is our our secret ingredient. But the strategies is again it's more than proven in uh, in traditional financial markets, right? We are just taking that concept and applying to to crypto that still has a lot of inefficiencies in the centralized exchanges. So that's and, uh, that's that's uh, I think that's like the the, the very brief summary of uh, of this technological discussion. Yeah, I, I think that's one hundred percent correct. Like, is there there are a lot of inefficiencies uh, both in the decentralized and non decentralized crypto products? I know I know as well. Like, you guys wanted to talk about the tokenomics of uh, of precog, and b because there is like a very cool, innovative bit that I don't want to spoil for everyone, and th that involves Bitcoin. So, who wants to take that one? So we are the first uh, DeFi protocol to. To use this, uh, let's say DeFi to DeFi integration. Let's say that. Uh, basically, we are taking a small percentage of the profit. We buy hash rate tokens. Hash rate tokens are like shares from a Bitcoin mining company. And yeah. with every profit cycle, we we buy more hash rate tokens. Put it in a treasury for a smart contract treasury for the staking program. And when you hold these hash rate tokens, you're going to get daily passive income in the form of Bitcoin, Satoshis. It depends on the number of, hold, uh, of hash rate tokens that you are holding. So we're going to get in daily basis BTC, BTC, and we're going to distribute this BTC to the people who stake Precog tokens with us. But imagine this, Carlos. With every, with every profit cycle, we're going to buy more hash rate tokens. So imagine in the range of year to years, the staking program will continue to work, will continue to, to distribute um, Bitcoin uh, uh, in addition to Precog tokens. And this is something unique. No one did it before. Uh, basically, the staking program will become a Bitcoin miner. And imagine it in this way. And with every profit that Sentient make, we buy more hash rate tokens. So uh, in the future, we're going to have like a big um, Bitcoin miner, but in the form of a smart contract treasury. And we will be able to distribute Bitcoin for the stakers for a long period of time, unlike other DeFi protocols with fixed supply of tokens. I think that's a very cool idea. How did that come? Yeah, how did that come to exist? Because I, I don't think anyone has ever done anything even remotely like that. So it's it was. Uh, with the team, uh, me, Artur, and the, the team, we discussed a way to add value uh, to the people who stake with us, uh, to add something unique. Uh, and the aim here, as any DeFi protocol with decentralization uh, principles, we aim to bring the most value to the, to the end user, to the customer, 
so we were about to, uh, if you remember, Artur, we were about to um, create another token that will be uh, like a reward token for, for the people who stick with us. But we changed that and we think it's like Bitcoin is the core of crypto and blockchain. You know, it's Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to distribute Bitcoin instead of another token. Uh, and this is like uh, the most valuable, let's say, uh, reward that any people, uh, any, any customer who stake tokens will get in return. I, I think that's, a, I mean, I, that's what I was thinking. Like, that was literally what was going through my head. It's like, well, the, that's cool that you're, from the DeFi perspective, from like a product that has nothing to do directly with it, uh, you're endorsing Bitcoin in a way and you're helping more people learn Bitcoin and you're helping Bitcoin mining continue to exist. Uh, and I think that's j just a great alternative to, to have an it'd be great to see more projects take initiatives like these to to try and support Bitcoin directly because, yeah, that's why we're all here for. And if the whole thesis of DeFi and this ecosystem is going to continue to exist, well, it's going to rely very heavily on, on Bitcoin. Add props to you for that idea. Um, Arthur, is there anything that you'd like to add there? Yeah, no, no, no not that much. I think I'm all just... Uh talked all, all the, the strong points about this uh, just just want to add that this this goes like in a, a, a counter scene what is uh, been doing right now our main goal is to uh, use our token for our business model right and the rewards token would be at least on, on our perspective would be something like extra and uh, then having two tokens would be I don't know too heavy and complicated for 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 a, for a new new project, and what we and the, the strategy that uh, that we came up with made more sense because on one hand it's something that everybody wants, right? Everybody doesn't matter if it's on DeFi or not. Everybody wants crypto and uh, sorry Bitcoin, and in this case, the reward itself is Bitcoin, so it may it makes sense. It's like it has direct value. Uh, uh, for for the user, we do we don't need to create value for a secondary token, right? And it's something that nobody is doing. And and for us, being that we are, um, we want people to feel that this investment is not only rewarded by the yield, but actually is something that is innovative and think outside of the box. And it's not a yet another DeFi clone from. Uh, other 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 DeFi projects, uh, this made this made sense. That the rewards will be something that already exists and already people treasure it and give value. So yeah, it made perfect sense. It fit like a glove for the rewards. Yeah, in, in my in my opinion, that's a, a great idea all around. Like even, I I mean, you, you could think of, yeah. Sorry, want to add something there, Gihan? Don't worry. I just want to say, so I mean, like, uh, so just to jump off the back of this is like, um, the team, the team is extremely innovative and, you know, and it shows on both sides of the tech, which is the R and D side and the development side. Um, and to go back into what you were talking about before as well, you know, in terms of competitors and whatnot, you know, one, you know, we, we want to be obviously paving the pathway of the future of what this, this, this space is going to look like. 
um, to be to be you know innovators in this space, we have to have new ideas that are outside the box. And um, you know, from from the, the actual platform itself um, and how the, the actual uh, the end user gets some benefit and rewards from, and to actually in, internally in, in the algorithm, um, you know, the guys are the, the mandate is how do we you know be innovative and develop more strategies. Um, built into the um, into the algorithm itself. So, you know what we're build, what we'll be releasing, you know, is just the start of what Pregog is going to be able to offer. You know, I guess one of the main things is we'll be developing every week, day to day, new ideas to be able to integrate as this space grows. So it's very exciting. Yep, that's that's great. And I think um, whenever we're talking about um, about staking staking like funnily wasn't really that much of a concept like a couple of years ago right like it's just uh it's just been a bit since people have gotten around their minds to like that you can decrease your selling um, pressure and also reward your users for helping you do so and and nowadays everyone stakes right like nowadays there's no project that doesn't try at least to offer single-sided staking or AMMs, whatever. Um, I wonder if there are any other things that you are aiming to offer your users for staking the Peacock token. Uh, I don't know. Are there? Well, not not at this time. Besides the the, the staking mechanism, not at this time. Uh, we don't foresee any new mechanism uh, for for rewarding. All right, cool. Um, I'm going to then uh, jump back to to AI and blockchain, which is a topic that really interests me. I mean, it's uh, we know like AI are very computational heavy development processes, and and just to execute, sorry, they're. Their execution is very heavy, so it currently doesn't really make sense to do these processes on chain. But I, I just wanted to take a tour through your heads and see where you think blockchains and AI are going together, like over the next five, ten years, and see if we can get people excited about this topic. Um, would you like to get started, Mo? Yeah, actually, I was thinking about this: if how we can go fully decentralized. So I start looking for uh, a decentralized cloud, decentralized VMs, decentralized computation. Uh, the first, uh, one of the main projects that, that started to try this, to offer uh, a decentralization of computing power is Internet Computer, I think, if you know uh -huh. the project. Um, I tried to uh, use it but you know it's still at the beginning we don't have yet uh, like a fully a decentralized computing offering or like a decentralization of cloud it's still at the beginning we need more time uh, we need more time to, to reach this point where we can um, move uh, all the computational um, algorithms and products from uh, virtual machines, from uh, containers and cloud, and make it available on chain. 
And, you know, we, it needs a lot of work on the security, on the technology. The, I, I mean, we will reach it. Eventually, we will be there. But it needs more time. It need, um, also, it needs, like, demand. Uh, right now, uh, we are still at the beginning of the DeFi revolution. And, you know, we're going to go Metaverse. We're going to go, um, uh, in the future, uh, DeFi 2.0, DeFi 3.0, and more and more. Uh, and even the games, the, the Gamify, uh, it's still hybrid where you have um, contracts and NFTs and you have this middleware that connect to the to the smart contracts and do like for example the auto battles it's still hybrid model where you have part centralized and part decentralized so maybe in five years you're gonna reach uh, like the point when the cloud started maybe in 2000 uh, I don't remember is it 14 I think where it more or less yeah yeah it's, it's the cloud booming started so I think in five years the decentralization of of, uh, of computing will start especially with the demand for metaverse because it did a lot of uh, computation uh, and the, and the, the gamify eventually we will be there but we are still at the beginning. And, and I think that's a great point that you make. Like, uh, before most people, like, or at least most young people don't know it, uh, but, like, the internet used to be basically a directory for files, right? Yes. And then people invented websites. And it, it sounds weird to say nowadays that people invented websites, but suddenly people, you could deploy things into a site and anyone could access it. And that was a great thing. But before people actually had to find their own hosting options and everything. And like you said, clouds changed all this. Nowadays, there are like three companies that hold all of our data, which is ridiculous. But uh, if, if you think of how easy it is to deploy anything into the internet for anyone right now today, it didn't used to be the case. And I think that's definitely a middle step that's needed for blockchains that uh, once we have them, the ability and the power of the decentralized applications that we can use is just going to vastly increase and explode. Um, in, I wanted to ask your opinion as well on this, Gihan. Uh, how, how do you think the future could look like once uh, artificial intelligence is deployed to DeFi and while well, DeFi continues on its path to take over things, um, and in particular in the ways of like permissionlessness and accessibility for people? Yeah, it's, it's a great topic. I mean, and I think, you know, the acceleration of the technology itself, the underlying technology itself is um, exciting to see where it's going to go. And as with any new technology, it's always going to have its issues. And the beauty about it is that um, it, it self-develops and it's, it's like accelerating. The, the problems are, are getting solved quicker than ever, ever before in history. So, um, you know, the whole concept, I guess, of you know, just blockchain on its own, the technology behind it. But now gravitating a financial system from traditional finance into DeFi, you know, it's had 400 years of inefficiencies and hasn't really changed a lot to then coming to DeFi, which is, you know, evolving rapidly and 
um, solving a lot of the issues, which is, you know, the permissionless, um, the, the, the transparency, um, you know, mutable um, ledgers. It's just so much, it makes so much more sense. And, and I think people are starting to open up to that. Um, and now with the advent of, of AI and, um, I guess, machine learning and, and, you know, bridging that to then recreate, like, as I said before, like, you know, a lot of these DeFi protocols are now really a, a paving the footpath of what that, that, that tomorrow is looking like. Um, which is super exciting for anyone in this space. But two, um, you know, it's it's also inspirational, I guess. Anyone in this era is just literally like the, it's, it's unlimitless. So, you know, it's exciting to see, I think, the the, the brains that are in this, this space, um, what's, what's going to be innovative and what's going to be um, thought of is really uh, anything can be done these days. So um, the technology is here, you know, the quantum um, you know, computing's here. Like the, the speed of any uh, of these processes is increasing exponentially. Sorry, it's three o'clock in the morning here, so my brain's still waking up. But um, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the exciting part. So, what you know, ten years ago, even if you had the idea to do things, what can be actually achieved now is um, unbelievable. So, yeah, very exciting. Um. Yeah, in my mind, it's something like just unbelievable to fathom that people think they're late to DeFi or that they're late to crypto in general. When you see where we stand right now, I mean, the whole ecosystem is very fragile. Uh, I always like to to try and tie things to recent events because like, it's always fun to look back and, and see what we used to think about the things that were going on at the time. And right now, of course, we have this whole global conflict thing uh, between R Russia and Ukraine and NATO jumping in, etc. We, we know what's going on. Uh, but like, I really think it's making a case for the importance of holding your own keys, um, having a sensorless financial ecosystem, and, well, everything that cryptocurrency stands for, even if the prices are not rejecting it, um, which is also unfortunate that people tend to equate the usefulness of these things to the price of Bitcoin, wherever it is at the time. But yeah, back to you, Gihan. How do you, how do you feel about how this is all turning out for cryptocurrency? Yeah, so um, you know, it's, it's just to t sort of touch on what we're talking about. It also leads into this as well is that you know the, the wide adoptance of of crypto itself, you know, and um, it's it's astronomical how people are now coming to I guess value this digital, you know, sorry, I guess value this digital value. So you know, it's it's amazing that one, it's it's now getting into the wide mass adoption stage, and you know, like I guess my background. There's always been in traditional finance and a lot of my friends, I call them, and they work in banks, I call them wanker bankers because they, they pretty much, you know, they were <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, and they were always the naysayers and everyone was like, no, crypto, crypto, crypto is bad, crypto is this, it's, it's bullshit. It's um, at the end of the day, now they're, they're all sort of peeking over the fence, which is really exciting, you know. So it's, and I guess the technology itself, the online technology itself, it's sort of, a lot more, you know, becoming more secure and, and, and that in itself is giving people reassurance. Um, and the use of cryptocurrency in, um, in the community is, is what it's all about, right? So, um, you know, how, how does the community value that and how does it deploy it? And then how does it control the security of that? So, 
that in itself, as Mo was saying before, before um, it's not controlled by any one uh, central entity. It's now the community that defines what those parameters will look like. And the, the concept of the DAO is, is phenomenal in, in sort of shaping what this is going to look like um, in the near future. Um, and, you know, even pre-cog finance itself, we, we've, you know, we, we obviously want to gravitate towards a DAO. Um, you know, as, as I sort of said at, at the beginning of any startup in this space, there's, there needs to be a lot of hands on deck. But once we, you know, really um, over time develop our products within DeFi, and slowly relinquish a lot of that control back to the community um, and have the protocol in a certain way that, you know, this fail safe and there's, um, you know, it's, there's, there's more efficiency, um, more transparency, um, anything's really possible. And that's the power of what we're all building you know, in the crypto space. Yeah. Uh, before, great answer, by the way, I, I really think um, I, I didn't, intro in anyone to this but like i do think DAOs as well uh, are going to be very important and increasingly so as we as we move into the future um i know before the call um mo gave me a rundown of some interesting points that you you wanted to touch on i'm just wondering if i missed anything and if there's anything that you want to plug in here uh, since we're nearing the the end of the show uh, maybe we didn't talk about cerebral Right. Ah, uh, yes. But please, um, yeah. But please introduce it to Cerebral. I was going to mention that the uniqueness of uh, Sentient, right? The, the one, one, one of the the platforms is the token, and why? Why another token, right? And I think that this needs needs a little bit of an explanation regarding the the, the reason that there is a token because. An investment platform normally just has the the liquidity uh, token and that's it, or even or the government's token. Okay, but yeah, on traditional DeFi, it made sense to have a, a governance if you're DAO-like. Sure, why not? Uh, but why just a, a token uh, that will that will have value? The thing here is that we are extracting value based on the inefficiencies of centralized exchanges right and we will be doing the algorithmic trading on centralized exchanges this is not something that it can uh, be activated uh, in, a, in a, a block minting on on ethereum right it is something that will occur along a certain period of time the funds might be locked for a couple of months and uh, we need to output this value in the form of something Right, that is uniform towards the platform. That is uniform, and it's regardless of the exchange, regardless of the pair that we are trading, regardless of any any internal mechanisms that that we have, uh, and thus the token. Right, the token will be the value and the transmission of value that we will we will be doing, and it has two functions. First, uh, uh, the yield. It will be in the form of, of the, the token. It makes sense, and uh, then you have you also have the the me mechanics for the the insertion of value on the token. What we will do is that any profit that will come from uh, uh, the weekly uh, roundup will be used to push us uh, from the market the the token, and then the distribute. 
the, the, the yield on that. And this, this is like the simplest. It, it's a little bit more complicated than this, but it is like the simplest explanation, right? The, the token is like the vehicle for, um, for the, the distribution of value, right? And this is the simplest way to actually aggregate value from multiple centralized exchanges, multiple pairs, different strategies, algorithmic strategies. And this is like the sum up of everything will be on, on the token. And uh, it's the, I think it's like the, the, best, uh, the best explanation. And it uh, allows anyone from institutionals to uh, uh, the, the small individual that has like a thousand dollars to actually understand what, what type of value that token has behind it, right? Instead of just mm -hmm. worrying about if I don't have the stats, that correct pair, or do I need to uh, do this investment on a certain pool because it's on uh, only that pool will connect to Binance or other centralized exchange or FTX or... No, he doesn't need to worry. And these, these types of... Uh, worries that the users have will will always be uh, blockers for new new platforms right and us simplifying not only the 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 investment part from the user but also the uh the yield that uh, the user will receive is is actually uh, the like the most powerful uh, uh mechanism that we have we basically we will sell in, in, in investment simplicity right because we are transparent, the users can understand what we are doing behind the scenes, and that's they don't need to actually do much to actually uh, uh, earn that value. Um, now, going into a little bit on on cerebral. So, what we aim with cerebral is something that's different. It's a product on a different category, right? We are talking about derivatives, and uh, we already have some derivatives platforms. We can talk a little bit about. Uh, the UX, uh, but what we actually aim is to actually create a democratization of derivatives, right? And where we allow to anyone to create derivatives for something, and people will uh, bet on those on those derivatives. And this is something that uh, because we have we have been seen on the DeFi space this uh, democratization, right? With uh, with the centralized exchanges, you would need to list on the centralized exchanges, right? You would need to go through many hops in order to be listed, in order to prove yourself to the exchange, just to have a token listed for the community, right? And with the, with the whole DeFi space, what happened with Uniswap, for example, is that you just offer to the community directly, right? And the derivative the, the derivative space will eventually be similar, right? For you to create the derivatives, it will. Our goal is to allow you to just create the derivative and offer it to your to your community. So uh, I, I jokingly jo jokingly say that uh, we are like the Uniswap of derivatives on Cerebral uh, because of that. Because we want to actually allow this, and this is not just out of beneficiency, right? We know that this it's a it's a by itself is a huge market if we look at traditional finance. And we know that know. when this booms in crypto, it will be much bigger than the normal crypto markets that we are seeing right now. And uh, anyone creating their own derivatives, for example, many new projects came to be 
because there was Uniswap and they could automatically put something, uh, uh, put, create a pool to offer, to offer to, to users. And we know that eventually there will be projects that will need these type of platforms to actually kickstart their, their communities. And, uh, as being, as providing these like, uh, quoting infrastructure for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, uh, the DeFi space, it, may, it makes perfect sense. Yep. Gihan, would you like to add anything to that? I mean, that, that was a great explanation of what's a rule is. Um, just like, of course, there are many points where we can take it there. So I wonder if there's anything in particular that you'd like to tell the, the community about this product. Yeah, no, I think yeah, that was an extremely great um, explanation of what we're, we're trying to achieve here. I mean, essentially, you know, Precog is the whole ecosystem for, um, you know, these the derivative products, I guess. So there's products that deal with the derivative products. So um, Cerebral is a natural progression for um, after the, liquid, you know, the, the liquidity pool protocol um, for people to buy and sell these things. But how do we then take it from that next level and how to, you know, to, to bring it back to the community. And I think Artur touched on, you know, those topics really, really well. Um, and then, you know, where do we take that after? Um, you know, we're going to expand on all these um, things. And, you know, I guess this is the exciting part. As the community, as, as, as this space grows, um, you know, we're going to be, we've got an amazing team. That's, you know, one thing that we do have from the R&D team, from the financial uh, um, engineers, to the algorithm specialists, to our dev team, to Artur, who's worked in DeFi and done some amazing things to Mohammed. Um, you know, we're going to be looking and watching and listening very carefully um, to see where, you know, the next step after this is going to be. And we've already got, you know, there's one thing that we don't have enough, like, sorry, we don't, we can't come, we have plenty of ideas every day. Everyone's so passionate about what they do. You know, we can't keep up. And, it's about which one of these ideas is going you know, to come back into the fold of where Precog defines what this space is going to do. Um, so you know, that's it's a pretty exciting part of, um, of what Precog is you know, going to be able to give back to the, the end user. Um, at the end of the day, we want to be a one-stop shop for all of this, you know, as this grows. And essentially, this is going to be, there's going to be enough space here for, I guess, plenty of healthy comp competition as well. Don't get, don't get me um, wrong about that. But we want to be the you know the, the, the first in market for what we're doing, but also be the forward thinkers and, and um, you know really defining being in the frontier space. So it's it's pretty cool what uh, the team's about to develop and, and deploy. Yeah, and I, yeah, please go ahead, Mo. Uh, yeah, so uh, I want to add on the roadmap. We're gonna we're thinking about uh, adding synthetic tokens. And it's a huge market, uh, you know. Synthetic tokens are, is, is a huge market, but it's complex. Usually, the current platforms allow developers to create synthetic tokens, and some protocols uh, allows um, like to expose um, to or to trade on on uh, stocks or something like this. But with metaverse with uh, sand, with uh, all this stuff is going, uh, is happening right now. Uh, we might see, uh, let's, let's make it this way. We might see a tokenized real estate 
that was wrapped in synthetic token and being added to cerebral uh, for for uh, to use it in, in derivatives uh, products, we might see, uh, for example, integration between derivatives and sentient, where part of the liquidity will go to sentient to uh, to make it more efficient to to like efficient liquidity where, where if you have inefficient liquidity and want and you want to maximize the efficiency of it the yield of it we might see this integration this crazy ideas of offering sentient as a SaaS in the form of synth, of synthetic token where you create a, a token that is wrapping sentient uh, as an instance of sentient in, in the in the in the uh, in the way that cloud offer SaaS right now, uh, so the space is open. We have a lot of innovative ideas, and we're gonna implement it one by one. Uh, but you know, uh, we need time, resources. We need. Uh, like to finish the first product, go to the second product. So uh, Cerebral gonna be open to like a lot of stuff. We're gonna be the uh, the let's say the Microsoft Excel of derivatives. You know Excel. It's like right, the yeah, best product out there in the world. Uh, it's gonna be super easy, and we're gonna add a lot of innovative ideas especially in the synthetic tokens space, which is not not exploded till now. You know, there are like 20, $70 billion locked in, in synthetic tokens, but it's not yet exposed to the mass, to the masses. It's only exclusive for the people who understand synthetic tokens. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of like ideas to integrate metaverse, assets with tokenized assets because you know the next wave in the blockchain is the tokenization of everything in the future you're going to see uh, tokenized power planets tokenized uh, real estate assets tokenized lands tokenized everything so we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna create a new a new uh, model of synthetic tokens with derivatives and we're gonna focus on this when we reach cerebral and the roadmap. Well, yeah, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> and I, I'm really looking forward to synthetic planets. planets. <laughs> and like you said, go on Microsoft Excel. Uh, <laughs> we're going to, well, we're going to start wrapping up this podcast, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for coming here. It was, it was really illustrative to talk to you. Uh, I think um, I wasn't excited about derivatives and now I am. So <laughs> good job. Um, should we, do you want, to ask people to do anything, is there anywhere in particular that you like or your listeners that are interested in the project to go to and start following Precog? Now is the time to shield your stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Again, uh, Carlos, thanks again for having us and the team. I need to talk about our, our project. We're pretty excited um, and I hope, you know, your listeners are just as excited. And if you are, um, you know, the first place to go is to our, our website. Uh, would be um, precog.finance 
Um, and then from there, you can go to our Telegram, uh, which is where a lot of the activity and the updates are coming through uh, to let you know on, on some of the milestones that are coming up from our, our token launch to the product launch and, and beyond. Um, and obviously, we, we're on uh, LinkedIn, we're on Twitter and all of the above. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, lots, plenty, plenty coming up um, to keep you updated very soon. All right. Cool. So yeah, please everyone go and follow Precog and thank you very much again, Arthur, Mo, Ihan. That was a, that was a pleasure. And thanks to everyone listening at home. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.